Hey, Heartbreakers, welcome back to another Breakdown Bonus episode. Just a quick little heads up. If you listen to this week's main episode, you know that this was a pretty sensitive episode in terms of content that we talked about. I mean, it covered everything from, you know, domestic violence to sexual assault. So check out the content warnings in the episode description because chances are we are covering it in this mm-hmm. episode. But on a lighter note, hello, coworker, ex-coworker Justin. How are okay. you? I'm good. Thanks for having me back on. I felt horrible. I missed one recording at one point and I was like oh no I've been exiled I couldn't do it (laughs) just as a little behind the scenes note for those of you listening Justin is always like my go-to if I'm like fuck I don't have a breakdown bonus episode (laughs) scheduled and I need I hate doing them by myself because I just I personally hate listening to myself talk and so when it's just like half an hour of me like rambling and trying to sound like a blonde Confucius uh, (laughs) it really just makes me want to rip my hair out and so there was this one week not too long ago where I messaged Lexi and then I messaged you mm-hmm. and both of you couldn't do it. So I had to do it by myself, which ended, it ended up being fine, honestly. But I was like, Justin never says no. <laughs> I know. And it was like the one day that I was like, I had to, I had to like go out to the beach to film a video for something and then come back and record a podcast with someone. And I was like, I might be able to fit it in for like 15 minutes, but it's really going to be tight and probably I'm going to be stressed the whole time. I was like, oh, it's just not going to work. No, it's okay. As somebody who talks for a living, I uh, I should be more comfortable talking for a living. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I I quite literally hate, well, I talk a lot, but but I hate talking when it like, it's important to talk, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like you, you're you saying something where you like, you can't like fuck it up today. Right. Like, you know, I, I just know myself well enough to know that like if it's if it's something important or really emotional, the way my thought process and my brain works, it's just not going to come out the way I want it to. Yeah. And sometimes it comes off as either insensitive or uninformed. And it's just like, ah, yeah, 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 there's just so much pressure. Like yeah. um, today, and this this is going to sound like me name dropping, but it's just my anecdote for this episode. But we got to interview Jared Leto today. And That's sick. It, there's, you know, there's like four or five people on my show, and this is my first major celeb yeah. interview. So he comes in and, you know, everyone's doing their little talk thing where we ask questions. And literally my boss turns and goes, Abby needs to ask a question. And I'm like, I know, but I'm terrified. But this is scary. I know I have a, I have one chance to ask a single question. And if it's a fucking stupid question, then it's going to ruin the whole vibe of the interview. And then Academy Award nominee or winner, I don't know if he's one or I can't remember. Jared Leto is going to be like this stupid bitch. I would have been like, I would have been like, if they would have been like, Justin, you need to ask a question. I'd be like, uh, uh, uh do you like bats because of the bat movie you were in? Like, <laughs> oh, you mean the Batman movie? No, well, that and he was, um, uh, Morbius, uh, superhero. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Well, I ended up asking a question. Again, this is such a tangent. It has nothing to do with this episode. <laughs> but I ended up asking a question about his method asking. I was like, oh, you're kind of notorious for method asking. Yeah. I could just see that it really like struck a chord. Like you could tell that he had seen one too many headlines about his method acting where he was like, <laughs> yeah, he just kind of went off. He's like, I work really hard. I'm like, you do, Jared Leto. But I'm, I'm not like- trying to tell you. Yeah, he <laughs> um, he was in you ever want to get like, I know where this episode's about to go. So a very good movie recommendation. It's a tough one to get through. Uh-huh. But but the movie's called Requiem for a Dream. Okay. He's in it. 
It's about drug abuse and addiction, and oh my god, it is tough to get through. It's really well done, but mm-hmm. like it's one of the very few movies that at the end you're just like crying. You're just like, oh my god, there's no happy ending here. This that's the worst. Oh, you're just left feeling like absolute shit. It's like it's like it follows like three three four people. One's like a grandma, and the others are like friends. And it just follows them on their, like, addiction journey, like, all drugs, like, all, everything of all different stuff. Like, the the grandma gets prescribed pills incorrectly. The one guy is addicted to one thing. The His girlfriend's addicted to another. And the guy, I think I want to, I want to say one of the Waynes brothers is in it, too. I could be wrong about that. I haven't seen it in a while. It's well, a, damn. it's I'm telling you, at the end, they do this montage of where everyone ends up with their addiction. And you're just like, I'm so mentally exhausted that I feel and I feel so bad for everyone in this movie. Like, you just cry. <laughs> you it's just like, cry. It's like Les Miserables where it, yeah. it just, there's no happy ending. And it's just like, and it sucks. And it's young Jared Leto, like very young. Yeah. Wow. What's it's a, it's a it's a tough one. Requiem for a dream. If you have time and you want to cry. <laughs> Side note, um, Jared Leto has the best skin. I had no idea. He's 51 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like him and um, Pharrell. Like, I feel like they just don't age. Oh, my God. Yeah. But um, bringing it back to who is the episode, <laughs> now that I've taken us down some random fucking tangent. Um, speaking of addiction, I mean, that was one of the main topics in this week's episode. So this girl ends up getting with a guy via Tinder and I think it kind of adds up that within the first two weeks, he was like, I love you. And pretty much, I don't know if uh, the right word for this is love bombing, because I think love bombing implies manipulation. And I don't know this guy's intentions. Like, I don't know if he was trying to manipulate her, but within the first two weeks, he's like, I love you. And she, in hindsight, kind of, I don't know this. I don't know if I would call it bamboozled, but she was like, oh, he's saying I love you. So this must mean this. it kind of feels like he's the only person that's going to love me. And so she gets into this relationship with this guy that really struggles with addiction. He struggles with alcoholism. And I'm so glad that you said yes to this breakdown bonus episode, because I don't know anybody who has experience with alcoholism. And you have a couple of friends that suffer from it. One I know that has passed away from it. And so Mm -hmm. as somebody who has been in relationship with people who suffer from this, what's your feelings of handling that delicately while also being friends with somebody. Yeah. It's the best way I can explain it is, um, the, the way you notice it, I guess, because I didn't realize it in the time. And maybe this was like, you know, she's a lot closer to him. They're like actually in a relationship where like me. And at the time my roommate, we were just roommates. Right. So like I was off doing my own thing, trying to figure out my radio career. He was still in school doing his thing. And so like, you didn't realize how much they were drinking. You know what I mean? You don't realize how much they're doing, and they're obviously not going to tell you because they're doing their best at hiding it. And it almost feels as like, I'm talking, we were friends from kindergarten, right? Kindergarten, high school, college roommates together, like all day, every day, hanging out for 19, 18 plus years. And in my perception, it was they don't want to hang out with me anymore. They're like pulling away, you know, like it felt like we were starting to get distant. And after a while, you just kind of get mad with it, frustrated with it. 
So you're like, whatever, if you're doing that, then I'm out. And looking back, that's when I should have been like, something's up, you know, something's up. And I, I should have looked into it a little bit more. That being said, it really is on the person to want to change. Like my other buddy who struggles with it and, and still does, he doesn't drink anymore. You would watch it from afar and you're like, I'm watching you slowly hit rock bottom and then take away the floor and find a lower rock bottom. Like you keep just doing this to yourself and it's so obvious to you, but I guess for them in the scenario that they're in or whatever is affecting them and making them want to do that, they don't they don't realize that doing that is is what is causing, I would say, 99% of the problems. Um, and and it, you know, it's an easy way to slip back into. He he's gotten better a few times and and next thing you know, a few, you know, oh, I'm just gonna have one and and it turns into a whole, you know whole binge, I guess. So I think that's the big difference with you is as a friend, you feel like instead of taking a step back from that relationship, you would actually lean, lean in more and be more of an active participant in. So looking back now, yes, during it, it was infuriating. So I get the want to like pull away. Like what you're not my problem. Like, you know, I'm literally not married to you. So you're not my problem. And that sounds so cold, but like, like I just said, like, unless they're also willing to get the help, nothing you do is really going to like, cool. You can, you can quote unquote, trick them into going to rehab, but then they're just going to be pissed off and it might not resonate at that point. You know, like yeah. it's a, a big part of it is on them to want the help. 100%. And I think that's a very key difference that I want to highlight is that you're also speaking from the perspective of a friend. Yeah. And I think there's a different level of how it affects you and it affects your right. life, your romantic relationship. Cause right. you're spending the majority of your time with that person. I say all the time, the person that you're in a romantic relationship with has the most influence on you out of everybody in your life. And it should yeah. be vice versa. Right. But I think sometimes when people are struggling with addiction, sometimes it doesn't work with the other way around with like good influences. And it would be lovely to say, to get on here and be like, everybody dating somebody uh, with right. alcoholism should should stick by them. And I don't think that's, I don't think you should always run away. I think, you know, maybe do the right thing first and try and get them help. But I think sometimes putting yourself in that situation can do more harm for you than good. I agree. And, and especially if, depending on the type of, I guess, in that scenario, drunk that they are, if they, you know, because because there's with my one friend uh, who didn't pass away, there were times where he was drunk. And if you tried to stop him, like I've been punched in the face a few times from him from that, you know, you know, once they're in that mode, like there's no that that roller coaster's going, you know, so it really is. It is um, a very touchy situation. And if that were your significant other, uh, it makes it like, you know, amplified times a thousand. 100%. And that's exactly what happened in, in her situation. She was in a relationship where she experienced the worst kind of intimate partner violence. I mean, choking and mm -hmm. would be punching walls near her. And she touched on a gray area that a lot of victims of domestic violence don't realize until they're told that this is abuse. But like, just because somebody's not hitting you, if they're being violent around you, it's still goes in that category of somebody who's 
committing domestic violence. And I think it's harder to like pinpoint because you think, well, I don't have bruises on my face. So not, yeah. I must be fine. Um, so how did it affect you? Like being such close friends with somebody that was struggling with that kind of addiction? Like, do, do you feel like you walked away with any emotional wounds because of that? Um, yeah, I would say, you know, they were my closest friend, um, uh, the, the one that passed away from it. And I would say the last year of their life, we didn't talk. And the only reason we talked towards the very end was like, we were finally starting to be like, you know, Hey, uh, you know, let's go get dinner and, and chat and, and hang out and meet up again for the first time. And obviously we never got to do that. And that'll always be a moment. I wish we had to either have closure selfishly or to like know where things are. Like I found out through a friend that was talking. That, so both my friends that drank a lot, they were helping each other. And I was not involved in that because I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't know. I didn't, I wasn't there. I wasn't having an alcohol problem, but they both did. And they were both trying to help each other. And I found out through that, that my friend that passed away had wrote apology letters, I guess, through AA, they kind of have them do that stuff. Um, and I guess one was supposed to come to me, but he passed away and I never, never, you know, got a chance to get that. Um, and so I was surprised to find out that apparently he had guilt from the situation because um, that wasn't the way that I felt that it went down. I just thought it was kind of like we both just went our own ways and there was no reason to feel guilty. I always felt bad that we drifted apart, but I didn't feel like there was any guilt. Um, and I guess from his end, there was some guilt. I'll never get to read that note because uh, I guess it got thrown away. So I'm a little bummed that I I didn't get to have that kind of conversation, you know, and I hope other people are able to have those conversations. Do you have any regrets about how you handled his struggle? Uh, getting frustrated with him. Yeah, I, I would say there was a lot of my my frustration kind of blinded me to the situation as to why he was doing potentially certain things. Um, and, and maybe that, that, that would be my, my biggest guilt is, you know, once, once my frustration hit there, the blinders were on, you know, I didn't, I didn't see it. I was just like, ah, oh, man, this guy's not paying his rent or, or whatever, you know? And that was it at that time. Was there anything you felt like you handled well though? There was, um, he, yes, he had a, he had some times where, where he was obviously very upset and there were times where I was worried that that level of upset, of upset was going to go to a uh, a dark place where like suicide probably could have been on the table. And at that point, I got his family involved. Um, that was probably right around the time that we really started to drift apart because he was upset with me for doing that. But but I think that really helped, at least in that moment, I've you know, found through things later that his family didn't help stuff um, as much after that. But, you know, from my end, getting them involved, I think helped. Yeah. If you could go back and do things differently, or if you could advise somebody who's friends or dating somebody who's struggling with alcoholism, like what's something you would tell them? I would say you, you might not even realize it's happening. If somebody is just suddenly personality changed like not necessarily overnight but like 
they're just different for whatever reason. I always thought it was that he was upset from a recent breakup that had just happened. And I was like, ah, he's just down because of that. And that just kept turning into him pulling away more and more and more and more and more until, until we moved, moved out and just left because it was like, well, whatever. So, you know, if there is a situation that you feel like someone's personality potentially changed, it, it might be more than just whatever that thing was. If it's a breakup, if it's a passing away of a family member or something, you know, it might be, it might be more than that. And that is when I wish I had done a little more diving because I knew he was, you know, drinking a a 12 pack of beer a night and that he was sad mm. and come to find out it, I only saw the 12 pack. There was another 12 pack in his room that he would drink when we would go to bed, you know, like there was more that, that we weren't seeing. Yeah. Do you, now that we're talking about this, I actually realized that I do have a friend of a friend that I was having a conversation with somebody else. Who's like, I think I kind of need to intervene. Like we think something might be going on here. I don't even know how we're going to broach the subject. Intervene's tough, man. Cause cause I can guarantee you 90% of the time they're going to get pissed, you know, like they're there. It's not, it's not going to be a comfortable conversation it might but but at least from my experiences anytime the conversation is is tried to come up it has gotten a little bit of a a little heated i guess is the way to leave it yeah and i mean mm-hmm. i don't want to say who can blame them because it's like you're shaking them from the outside being like you're literally well it's like you're calling them out in in their mind at least what i always assumed with my friend in their mind is they were hiding it so then you calling them out is like, no, you're not hiding it and you have a problem. And then it's, you know, that it gets very like you, 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 you. And it's like, whoa, hey, man, like you, you're backing them into a corner and you back anybody into a corner. They're going to lash out. Oh, yeah. Well, it's also it probably feels like criticism. Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. like you feel a little bit like shocked, like, oh, you are noticing my behavior and now yeah. you're doing something bad. And it feels and- like a personal attack. And a lot of times they'll go, oh, you're coming for me, yet yet you're cool drinking eight beers on the weekly, you know, like that. And that, that's how it's happened where, where uh, you know, bring it up. And I'm like, hey, you know, like you might want to chill on your drink. And it's like, who are you to tell me? You just had eight beers on Friday. Like, what do you you just blacked out on Saturday? What are you worried about? Don't worry about me. Worry about yourself. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, 100 percent. Yeah. Well, Justin, I appreciate you coming on and giving your personal takes on it because, you know, I can plug the the right resources all day long, which I will, by the way, check the episode description yeah. for resources on how to handle some of the tougher subjects that we talked about in this week's main episode. But I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about your personal experience with it. Yeah. And I think, you know, even those those warning signs, those things to look out could be probably around more places like not to put not to say my college wasn't doing that. They might have. I just didn't know to look for them. So maybe if they're just more available, more places, more, you might just be like, oh, oh, he does do that. Or this person does do that. Maybe I should, I don't know, investigate a little further. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right, Heartbreakers. I'm also going to tag another episode or another couple episodes in the episode description because we talked about sexual assault and intimate partner violence as well. Since we already have some really great episodes about that, you can check those out there. And of course, some resources on how to identify alcoholism and your friends and your partners and what to do about it. And I will see you whenever you decide to tune in next.